I got, I got to fight through the obstacle course up here. But uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church. We're really glad that you're here. Uh, for those of you that are here in the building, welcome. And for those of you that are watching online, thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we trust that our service is a, uh, is a blessing. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, and uh, we'll get there in just a minute. If those of you that are here, uh, you can get a copy of the yellow page of notes. And um, yeah, we're going to, I haven't talked to Pastor Todd about this, but we're going to have a contest. And that is when we started the notebook thing, the person who keeps the most papers is going to win the contest. I'm just kidding, actually. But uh, but please, yeah, that's what the notebooks are for. The, and so get, get a pen or pencil handy and the notes. And there are some things to jot down today. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, you can turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. And like I said, we'll get there in, in just a moment. We want to I want to talk with you about what does it mean to follow Jesus? What, is, what does that mean to follow Christ? And uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, Todd and I uh, had planned an adventure for us. We decided to go to a, uh, just the two of us, go to a New York Yankees baseball game. And it was an afternoon game at the end of the season, and uh, for those of you that are baseball fans at all, and uh, Dan, sorry that this is a Yankees illustration, not a Phillies illustration, but um, because of uh, our being fans, Todd and I both being fans, and where we live, <coughs> we, we got tickets ahead of time and decided to get tickets in the right field uh, stands right by um, the judges' chambers, Aaron, Aaron Judge, and so it was going to be our big adventure. We got the tickets we wanted, and uh, we, you know, we had, we had saved our money and all of that. So, but we didn't know anything about the city. I've been there several times, and but not enough to know my way around necessarily. And Todd has only been there a couple times in the city. So, for those of you that are familiar with the city of New York City. You'll probably think my story is just nuts, what we decided to do. But um, uh, Christy, those of you that know our church and know our daughter, whenever she goes back to Germany, she flies out of Newark. And so I knew that there was a train from Newark um, into Penn Station, which is right below Madison Square Garden in New York City. Again, if you're familiar with the city, you're going to know all of this. But other than that, we didn't know a whole lot what we were doing that day. We knew that when we got to Penn Station, we would have to tra change trains and figure out how to get to a different train and then how to get up to Yankee Stadium, right? So that was our adventure. We drive to Newark. We park in the, in the long-term parking. I know I've done that you know, a million times because of Christy. Got on the train. The train just goes directly, a couple of stops, but goes directly to Penn Station which is below Madison Square Garden, and I've been to Knicks games, and so we came up, and there's Madison Square Garden, and it isn't that fun. You can take a picture. There's Mel in front of Madison Square Garden, you know, and all of that. And then we were out of our league. And so I got the app on my phone. I'm looking for the train, you know, what, what and I don't even remember now, what number train goes up to Yankee Stadium and all of that, and uh, we didn't have any idea what to do. And, and partly was because we didn't know what side of Madison Square Garden we were on. 
And so really we found that uh, here we are in New York City trying to get to Yankee, the Yankees game, and we already had our tickets, but we didn't know how to do that. And so as we're walking around Madison Square Garden, and some of you, which is the arena, real, the world's most famous arena, right? And it's really an anomaly. Some of you will know this. Madison Square Garden is not square. It's, it's round, actually. And so we're walking around not having a clue what to do. And we really didn't know what to do. We didn't have any idea what to do or where to go. But all of a sudden, in front of us, there were these guys that had New York Yankees jerseys on. And Todd and I aren't the brightest people in the whole world. But if we, and we had Yankee shirts on. And so we figured if we follow these guys, you know, that they would take us to the train station. And after a while, we're following them. And after a while, they turn around and look. And they're like, you don't know where the station is, do you? And, it, and finally, the guys go, follow me. We'll take you there. And we got on the train. And we got to Yankee Stadium, which it ends up right there. You get out of the train. And there's Yankee Stadium. And we knew where we were going. What I want to talk with you about today is following somebody who knows what they're doing is following Jesus. The story that we're going to talk with you about today is really the classic story. It's the story of Matthew 4. And there in your notes, I've listed the parallel passages that are there in your notes <coughs> of the other passages that talk about this exact account. But it's the account of uh, when Jesus called his first disciples. Probably the Luke passage has the most detail. Uh, if you would look at that passage, which is Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, that's not our text, but that has the most detail. Christ actually went down to the Sea of Galilee, and uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John had fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. It's really a great story. We'll allude to this in just a moment, that Jesus actually got in the boat and started preaching out of the boat, kind of like a natural amphitheater that was there. And uh, he encouraged the fishermen to go out into the sea. And uh, the fishermen knew you don't catch fish in the middle of the sea and you don't catch fish in the middle of the day. But they got this huge drought of fish and so much. I mean, it was just the nets were breaking. I mean, it was just this unbelievable catch of fish. And as a result of all that, Christ said to them, follow me. Follow me. And they did. And so what I want to talk with you about today is what would make the disciples leave their family, leave their career, leave their possessions, leave all of those things. In fact, we're going to follow up on this next week as well to follow Jesus. I think it's because they knew that here's a guy who knows what he's doing. Here's a guy who can direct us. There's a guy who can control the fish. Here's a guy who's God. Here's a teacher who can teach us the word of God. And so they left all to follow him. And so that's what I want to talk with you about. So, again, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, and I'm going to read our text this morning. <coughs> and we're going to talk about this passage. We're going to talk about some of the language that God uses in this passage. And then we're going to talk about the, the concept of what does it mean to follow, to follow Jesus, just basic things. And uh, we're going to do that quickly this morning. But let me read the passage, Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 18. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter 
and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets, their career, their possessions, and followed him. Verse 21 says, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I want to talk with you this morning about what does it mean to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus. There's the key phrase in the passage, if you could look on the screen, and those at home you could see this screen here, and I highlighted it in yellow and even circled it, and that Christ said, follow me. And again, the detail, there's more detail in the passage in Luke chapter 5. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He changed the direction of their life, and they were willing to say, okay, Lord, I will follow you. I will do whatever it is that you want me to do, and we'll, we're going to talk about what more of what that means. But let me just talk with you a little bit about that concept. I think most of you know um, that in that culture, <coughs> Christ was considered a teacher, and it was the rabbinical, the rabbi, the rabbinical system where rabbis were teachers would have a school of thought which meant that they would have disciples or students that would follow them around through life. And so I, I, that was not strange in that culture that here was a teacher. It is strange a little bit, I think, that they were willing to walk away from, and we'll, we're going to talk about that even more next week. They were, they were willing to walk away from their, their families. They were willing to walk away from their business. They were willing to walk away from their possessions. They were willing to walk away from their careers to follow Jesus. I think that means something, that they were willing to follow this guy who knew what he was doing. And that was to follow Jesus. And so here's the idea. When, when Christ said, follow me, it, it starts by this. It, it's, a, it's a command. There's force behind that. Notice, and I think this is important, that he didn't say, oh, please, would you follow me? Oh, please, please. He didn't beg them to do that. He didn't even ask them to do that. Now, I'm not going to build too much into that, but I think today, now that centuries have passed and generations have passed, we look at it that way, to be real honest with you. Pastor Todd, last couple of weeks, have talked to us about why we should follow Jesus, basically. And if we were to look, and a lot of us here have talked about this, and we're trying to develop a plan to start teaching about the attributes of God. But if we were to look at the attributes of God and the, absolute, and the attributes, the characteristics of, of Jesus Christ about why we would follow Jesus, then we can understand it's not a choice. It's a command. That if we're Jesus followers, then that means something. It doesn't mean that we have plan A and then plan B and then plan C. It means that we follow, we're all in. That's what it means. And so I think it's important for us to start there. It's also that he said, 
you know, be my disciple, exclamation point, be my student, learn from me. And that's, that's key. We're going to talk about that more in, just, more in just a minute. Okay, the disciples left, right? They, these four guys in this story, Andrew and Peter and James and John, left to walk away. And by doing that, they realized that it was a learning process. They were becoming students, and I think that's important for us to understand, too, that following Jesus means that it's this lifelong process of growing, of, of maturing. Um, that's really important. I, I came to Christ when I was five years old. And you could, many of you know, and many of you know me pretty well and know how old I am. So I've been saved a long time, Right. And I still realize every day that there's things that I don't know about God. There's things that I don't know about Jesus. There's things that I don't know from the Word of God. It's a growing learning process. And so I need to be a disciple or follower of Jesus as well. And here in that passage, even that one phrase, follow me, <coughs> means to commit. They left. They left all of their stuff. They left their dad. They left their business. They left all of that. And in that culture, when Christ said, follow me, and this is interwoven throughout the entire concept of discipleship in Scripture, it's to imitate the teacher. It's to imitate the teacher, is to follow after the teacher, and that's important. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And it's also to accept his teaching. It's to buy in to the school of thought. You know, we don't really do that in Western culture anymore, but part of that was in this culture, it's like, okay, I'm going to be a Jesus follower. I am going to follow his teaching, which I think is pretty important, and we'll talk more about that. And then really, even that one phrase, follow me, it, it, it is a willingness to be a learner. I need to learn. We think about the idea of following. In our culture today, that concept is countercultural. Every day, our culture says, be a leader, be in charge, be the boss, have a position of authority. We don't like to be the follower. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. That, Christ said over and over and over again, follow me. And he did to his disciples and. So let's talk a little bit about what it means to follow Jesus. I put this there in your notes, but you have a little box that's there in your notes on the, on the right-hand side of the page. And I've said this to you before, and that is this. It's like, let's take the Apostle Peter alone, just by himself. The first thing we have here, the first thing that Jesus ever said to the Apostle Peter was, follow me. And I want you to notice as we get started, the last thing that Jesus said to Peter before Christ went back to heaven was, follow me. Let me show you that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 21. Pastor Todd had us turn there a couple times, and we've looked at that passage already. John, chapter 21. And you know the passage. It was after the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples had gone back to fishing, which is kind of interesting. The teacher physically was gone. 
And so the disciples went back to fishing, and then Jesus is there on the shore. How'd you like, how'd you like Jesus to cook breakfast for you? I mean, that's kind of an amazing thing, and that's what's going on in the story. And at the end of the story, which is, I'm going to pick it up in verses 20 and down through verse 22. Peter has some alone time with Jesus, which think about that as well. To have the opportunity to get, to get one-on-one with Jesus. And Christ had confronted him, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. That was the conversation. And then in verse 20, it says this. Then Peter, turning around, he had just heard Jesus' speech and Jesus' incredibly convicting comments. Peter, do you love me? And then it says this, and Peter turns around. So incredibly human. And he says, says there in verse 20, then Peter turning around, and John is writing this, don't forget, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. He saw John following, who had also leaned on his breast at the supper. And so John is writing about himself, and he kind of uses that superlative language that's there. And, and it says this, and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And then verse 21 says, so John is writing about himself. Peter, seeing him, he turns around, he looks at John, and he says this. But Lord, what about this guy? After Jesus had already given him the convicting, Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? After that whole speech, after Jesus had made breakfast, they had this one-on-one, and Peter said to Jesus, but Lord... What about this man? And then verse 22 says, Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? What is that to you? You follow me. So let's talk about that for a little bit. What does it mean to follow Jesus? So this is still introduction to what we're going to talk about. In the beginning, when Peter met Jesus, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Those are different words in the Bible. Let me just show you that a little bit by the magic of Microsoft. <laughs> ready, ready for this? That word follow in Matthew 4 means to learn from me. Be a student. Learn. Okay. This word in John 21 really means Peter stay close to me, which is incredibly ironic and practical for us. Because Jesus was leaving, physically. So what Christ told Peter is the same thing he's telling us today. And that is, folks, stay close to me. Stay close to me. And that word is mentioned 92 times in the New Testament. 92 times, stay close to Jesus. Which is pretty incredible, right? And so in thinking that, in the beginning it was learning experience. And that's part of what it means to follow Jesus. And at the end, it's... Stay close to me. I think if Jesus physically were here and could make us breakfast and we could have a one-on-one time with Jesus, which we can in his word, then Jesus would say, 
Mel, follow me. I know what I'm doing. Follow me. Stay close to me. We had communion today. The Lord's Supper. I think the idea of the Lord's Supper is stay close to Jesus. Learn from him. I think life teaches us follow somebody who knows what they're doing. Follow somebody who knows what they're, where they're going. Follow Jesus. And I think Jesus is saying to us, stay close to me. <coughs> stay close to me. Don't let sin, don't let habits, don't let lifestyle, don't let family, don't let possessions, don't let your career. Those were the things that Peter had in the beginning. Don't let those stand in the way. Stay close to me. Remember I said, all of this is introduction. We'll get to an outline here in just a minute. And uh, Peter, I was telling you the story. Peter, the last thing, he has this one-on-one time with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus had given him that series of incredibly convicting questions. Peter, do you love me? Do you like me a lot? Do you love me? Do this, if that's the case. And at the end of that, incredibly human, right? I can picture, folks, <laughs> me doing that too. No offense. <coughs> you, could probably, you would probably do that too. Peter turns around, sees John. Can't you just picture, right? John is like eavesdropping on this conversation. John is writing a book. He's kind of following along. What's Jesus going to say to Peter? And Peter's got this one-on-one time with Jesus, and there's John. So Peter turns around and basically says, incredibly human question. What about him? Don't we do that? Don't we do that too? And that is, when God wants us to respond and God is giving us something that is particularly poignant and powerful for me, my response is to say, well, wait a minute. Peggy's the one who needs this speech. My son Todd is the one who needs this speech. I have people in our church who need this speech. My son, my daughter, they need this speech. Don't we do that? What about him? And so I would just say that one of the things that starts us off about following Jesus is let's be careful of that question. What about our kids? What about our siblings? What about our parents? What about our friends? What about that guy? What about that girl? What about them? Jesus is saying, you follow me. Remember um, the old Uncle Sam poster? That, that was, it came out during the World War II. So before my time, Uncle Sam, stars and stripes, got the outfit, you know, white beard, kind of looks like Colonel Sanders. That's in my time, Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, that's, that's in my time. But Uncle Sam, and he's got that gnarly finger, right? And the idea of the recruiting poster, and it said, all of us know, we've seen it, right? Uncle Sam wants you for the United States Army, or, or whatever, is that you couldn't escape the pointing of Uncle Sam. You couldn't escape. You, you, you. So I think it's important in this passage to visualize that, to say Jesus is saying to you, what about you? 
And so at the end of that story, at the end of Jesus' one-on-one conversation with Peter, he says this. Peter, you know, what about him? Peter said, what is that? doesn't matter. You follow me. You learn from me. You stay close to me. And I think that's what God has for us in this message, from this message today, is let's be learners. Let's stay close to Jesus because that's what, um, yeah, that's what Jesus wants from us is for us to stay close to him, is to be a learner of him. (coughs) When I was, when my kids were little, one of the things Peggy could tell you about this, Todd could tell you about this for sure, is I would travel and speak at a lot of different youth rallies and things like that. And one of the things that I love to do, even now I love to do, is I would take one of, remember those days? I would take one of my kids on a speaking engagement with me. And I was thinking, getting ready for this, this morning, about the time that I took Christy when she was real little to a huge youth conference that I had to speak in. And she was at a place where uh, she'd never been before, and I don't even know if she knew anybody that was around. And the whole weekend, you know where Christy was? Right here. Right here. She followed Dad around. A couple summers ago, our granddaughter, you haven't met her yet, our granddaughter, Lana, <laughs> was with us. Don't judge me for this illustration. Don't. Okay, But um, Vision for Youth, the ministry I'm involved in, has a summer missions trip in downtown Philadelphia, in Kensington, one of the most violent neighborhoods in our country. I took Lana. I took Lana. On the, I did. I took Lana. And after the fact, I, com- I confessed that to her parents. But I took Lana. And the whole time, Lana is like, like right here. I'm going to follow Daddy. I'm going to follow Grandpa. You know, Christy's right, right here. Lana's right here. I can, pretty good illustration, right? Stay close to Jesus. Learn from Jesus. He can protect you. He can teach you. You can learn from things. So let's, <coughs> from Matthew, go back to that. Matthew chapter 4. Let's talk a little bit, and we're going to do this quickly, just a few minutes that we have left, and then pick it up next week. What does it mean to follow Jesus? I think... I think there's four basic things. If we're going to follow Jesus, I think it's this. Go where he leads, do what he did, listen to what he taught, and then obey what he said. I think those are the four things. And if we're going to follow Jesus, go where he did, go where he leads, go what he tells you to do, do what he did, listen to what he taught, and obey what he said. So let's talk about those. We're going to go rapid fire. And I got the PowerPoint so you can see what it is. Go where he leads. I don't know if you've thought about this, okay? When the disciples left, right, when the disciples left, let me back up one click on my, on my clicker, right? When the disciples left the boat, left their father, left their nets, left all of that, Jesus started walking away. From the very beginning, going was important to him. We're going to talk about this more in just a minute. In two of those passages that I read that are there, the first thing that Jesus did is he went somewhere else and started teaching. In the Luke passage, he got in the boat and started teaching. And so right then they realized that this is going to be a journey. And then Jesus is crucified. 
brutally murdered and crucified. But he rose from the dead. And after the resurrection, he fixed a breakfast there on the shore. And he's alive and he's headed back to heaven. And after all of that time, the three years that they spent in this discipleship process, the last thing Jesus said, go. In fact, if you know about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go in that Matthew 28, 19, and 20, go isn't even the imperative. The imperative is to make disciples. We'll talk about that just in a minute. Going is assumed. Going is assumed. So here's Jesus said, if you're going to be a follower of me, go. Live your life. It's going to be a process. Go. And he talked about that in Acts chapter 1. He says, you shall be witnesses of me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth, Christ developed this system of how can we, how can we have a global impact? One, two, three, four. Local, regional, cross-cultural. The Samaritans, <laughs> and even to the ends of the world, and that's the responsibility that we have to, um, to go with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, uh, this week, I took my Bible in Luke chapter 4, the pa- or Luke, excuse me, Luke chapter 5, the passage where Jesus teaches from the boat, Luke chapter 5. Where Christ said to his disciples, go, you know, do follow me and do, do what I said. And then I kind of traced, what did Jesus do then? Now he's got this little band of followers, right? It was two, then it was four, then it ended up being 12. And they're following him around, right? You can, you can picture it, right? Well, let me just tell you a little bit about where he went <coughs> in the rest of Luke. He talked to lepers. He talked to a paralytic. He talked to tax collectors. He talked to farmers out in their field. He talked to crowds. He talked to soldiers, a centurion. He talked to widows. He talked to prostitutes. He talked to cross-cultural people, Samaritans, the people that the Jews hated, He talked to them. He talked to friends, Mary, Martha, Lazarus. He talked to the rich. Those often had a problem about following Jesus, didn't they? He talked to the blind. He talked to the sick. He talked to widows. He talked to religious leaders. In other words, he talked to everybody, right? If we're going to follow Jesus, then... Jesus wants us to go. And I think the idea is that out of that, we're going to have contacts with people. You're going to have contacts with people that I don't have. You're going to have contacts with people that I don't know. And I'm going to have contacts with people. And as we go, we follow Jesus, learn from him, do what he told us to do, and to, and to go. The second thing, quickly, <coughs> if we're going to follow Jesus, then we need to do what he did do what he did. This one's going to be really quick because we've talked about that and we're going to talk about more. What did Jesus do during his three years of ministry? He made disciples. This is also interesting to me, okay, right? When he said to James and John and, and Peter and Andrew, follow me. Here's the four guys that ended up into 12, right? Follow me around. Just, you know, Lana by my side in Philadelphia, Christy by my side at a youth conference, they're following him around. They're learning what he said. They're listening to what he preached. 
you know, they're, they're seeing him do the miracles and all of those kinds of things, you know, that, that, that they're there. So then he's leaving. Three years, he went through the brutal crucifixion on the cross. He went through his death. He rose from the dead. And he had the post-resurrection appearances often with his disciples. And at the end of John, he's making them breakfast on the seashore. And then he goes back to heaven. And right before he went back to heaven, he said, okay, here's the deal. You do what I did. You do what I did. And what he did was make disciples. And what he wants us to do as Christ followers is to invest in people too. No offense, and I'm going to look. Is the live streaming working? Do we have a problem? Okay. Somebody look right in the eyeballs if I can do this to people at home. Pastor Todd talked about this so I can get away with doing this today too. And uh, God never intended the church to be at home with a TV screen with me in my pajamas. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Mel in his pajamas. The church is meant to be a body. The church is meant to be people. And, and that's okay. I mean, God wants us to be smart, and we need to protect ourselves and protect each other and all of those kinds of things. But God, as Pastor Todd said, wants us to be together. And investing in people is what Jesus left us here to do, is to make disciples. And that's not just for pastors. That's not just for, for leaders. That's for all of us. The Great Commission. The Great Commission is for you. Make disciples. Invest in people. Do, go where he went do what he did, listen to what he taught. Remember I said before, and you can just write these references down, that when the, he, said to, he said to the disciples, follow me. The first thing he did was found people and started teaching. Teaching is more important. To listen to the teaching of Christ is more important than we know. <clears throat> to listen to the teaching, and, and we live in a culture... We, li- we do. We live in a culture where teaching is de-emphasized, not emphasized. And yet that was a huge part of Christ's ministry, of teaching. Teaching the people was, was, a, was a huge part of that. Um, it's the first thing he did. And we, we have a trend today of where it's almost like everything else is, is more important. A few years ago, <laughs> again, you know that I do this. I was, I was scheduled to speak at this huge youth rally in Ohio. The guy called me and said, Mel, we're going to have, honestly, it ended up being about a thousand teenagers, and they asked me to speak. It was an incredible time in, in, the, in the Midwest. And they were, um, they, they were willing to fly me out back in the days where you could fly and so uh, I got a ticket from uh, Scranton out to the Midwest where I was going. And uh, it ended up that uh, because this thing was in the evening, they paid for a hotel, one of the nicest hotels I've ever stayed in in my life. And they flew me back the next day. So that, that was the flight. I'm getting ready to go to the airport. And the guy in charge called me and said, Mel, I'm too busy with this youth rally, 1,000 kids. And he said, too busy, can, I, can you get a rental car at the airport and we'll pay for a rental car? 
Okay, sure, I could do that. I get rental cars. Yeah, that's okay. I can, I can do that. <coughs> so this youth group, or this youth rally, they paid for my flight. They paid for a really nice hotel. They paid for a rental car. And it ended up that they gave me a really, really nice honorarium, which is always nice, right? So all of those things are great, right? So I get to the place. I, the guy had actually emailed me the directions. So I got the rental car, no problem. I got the flight, no problem. I got in the car and I drove out there. And here's this huge thing. And a thousand kids were there. And uh, they had this big activity. They had all of this. And uh, the service started. And it was this uh, outreach. What the guy had said over and over and over again was, Mel, I want you to share the gospel. Mel, I want you to share the gospel. There's going to be unsaved kids here. I want you to share the gospel. And so I'm sitting there in the crowd, a thousand kids, with my Bible, ready to share the gospel, incredibly excited about this opportunity to share the gospel. And I'm looking at my watch. And there were these posters all over, and I forget now the exact thing, but I think it was supposed to be over like at 10 o'clock. And they had announced that it would be done by 10 o'clock. And I'm looking at my watch, and it's 9.30, and it's 9.45, and it's 9.50, and it's 9.56 on my watch when I finally get introduced to speak and to share the gospel. Out of all of this, four minutes and on my way up to the platform with my bible i'm thinking my mind okay what do i do what do i do what do i do the guy said to me mel i'm sorry but you've got to quit on time okay four minutes <coughs> it happens i get that but the problem is I'm telling you, that happens way too much. Where everything is more important than teaching. That was not true with Jesus. The teaching of the Word of God. We have to listen to what He taught because that's part of following Jesus, to be a part of His teaching. You know, you, yeah, you could agree. You have illustrations too, you do of how in the church today and in Christianity, that's almost like the last thing is teaching. Remember I said that there was this school of thought idea from a disciple, and there are some passages that illustrate the point that, <coughs> that teaching can lead, false teaching can lead people away from Jesus. And so my point here is be careful of false teachers because of this. Red font on the slide. Teaching impacts our life. I hope you understand that Pastor Todd and I on Sunday morning don't just get up front of this for the front of it. That the idea isn't this because we want to listen to each other speak and all of that. It's to, it's to impact our lives. And I think that's the lesson from Jesus about teaching. I thank God for algebra teachers, kind of. I, I thank God for history teachers. But the Bible is not like that. It's not facts, it's not, it's not those rote learning, it's to change people's lives. That's what Jesus taught us. And if there's anything about teaching the Word of God, life change needs to be a result of that. And then we need to obey what he says. 
I'll go back to this great commission verse. <coughs> you know this. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all, na- all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe. You know, right? If I'm driving down 315, I come down to church from Clark Summit, I get off the turnpike and Pittston drives south on 315, right? And the Plains Township police officer, do they even have them? I think they do. You know, stops me and says, uh, Mr. Walker, do you, this did not happen, by the way. Mr. Walker, you may have a driver's license or registration. Okay, here you go. You did not observe the speed limit. I'm like, no, 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 officer, I did. All the way down, I noticed it. All the way down, I know there's the signs. I observed it. I observed, I did, I noticed it. I saw it. I did, I did. He's like, no, 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 no. Observe means keep or follow life. Remember, that's what we're talking about? That teaching impacts life. And Jesus ended his ministry by what's called the Great Commission. And he says, observe all things that I've commanded you. That's the last thing he said. Other than I'm going to be with you as you do this. But observe, or keep, follow. Not just look at, not just understand. And I think there's another really key question. And that is, do we even know the commands of Jesus? Do we even know? That's so important to Jesus. If we're going to be a follower of his, then we need to obey what he says. And I think it's pretty important that we learn what those things are. And that we go where he went, that we do what he did, that we listen to what he taught, and that we obey what he taught. <coughs> and so that's what it means to follow Jesus. Go where he leads, do what he did, listen to what he taught, obey what he said. And I think in saying all that, I think he says, I'm talking to you. Humanly, I'd say, <laughs> what about him? You really mean Peggy. You really mean Todd. You really mean the people in my church. No. He said, I'm talking to you. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, go where he leads. Do what he did. Listen to what he taught. Obey what he said. Be a learner. Stay close to Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've taught us about being a follower of Jesus. Father, we want to be the boss. We want to be the leader. You want us to be followers. That is a huge emphasis in Scripture. Follow Jesus. There were people who wanted to follow, who left. There were people who showed up for the food, who showed up for the miracles, who showed up for the show. There were people who showed up for the teaching and then left too. But the disciples were those who said, I'm going to learn. I'm going to stay close because I need to follow somebody who knows what they're doing. And that's the example that we have humanly of human language of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, Father, help us not to be people that turn around and say, what about him? Help us to be people that say, Lord, I'll follow you. And Father, as we close this service, God, I just pray that in our hearts, in our lives, that we would... Just take a moment and say, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you. James and John, Peter and Andrew left 
their career, they left their parents, they left their possessions, they left all of that. Okay, God, I'll follow you. God, what you want from us is to be wholehearted, fully devoted followers of Jesus. And God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts and help us to pray. Say, God, I'm willing to do that. Stay close to you. Learn from you. Father, I thank you for your word. Help it to impact our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Todd, you need to say anything? Okay, folks, thank you very much.